Welcome to Ben Beyond Spielberg. I'm your resident Spielberg apatheticist, Matt Benson. And I'm the resident Spielberg enthusiast, Justin Kizan. And today we're here to we're here once more into the breach <laughs> yes. with Steven Spielberg in World War II. Yeah. We are we we're tired here today to talk about saving Private Ryan. Uh, this is a big one. Yeah. Now, before I start, one. I would like to read a quote from Steven Spielberg. Um, when asked about this uh, this movie in American Cinematographer, Spielberg said, I'm gonna skip to the end of this quote. Uh, so this was after he had made Saving Private Ryan. He said, For years now, I've been looking for the right World War II story to shoot. And when Robert R- Rodat wrote Saving Private Ryan, I found it. Ooh. Hey, dog. Hey, Spielberg. You made five World War II movies before <laughs> this one. What the hell are you talking about? For years, I've been looking for the right World War II story to shoot. I think... This let's... is your sixth one. <laughs> let's... Let's... Um... Seventh, if you count the fucking <laughs> what was the the Amazing Stories episode? Okay, uh, uh, that was oh, World War II, right? With, with Kevin Costner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was World War Two. That was World War Two. Yeah. yeah. This is this is number seven for you, Steve. I, I would say this is uh, not for years. I've been looking for the right World War Two story. Well, okay, but here's the thing, though. Let's look at that list. Well, I mean, I'm gonna say three of those movies are very good. Right. Okay, so it's 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 1941. That's, yeah. No. That, that's oh, not one of them. Yeah, not one I'm one just listing the movies he's done in World War Two. Yes. So it's 1941. Mm-hmm. Empire of the Sun. Yeah. Schindler's List. Yeah. Um, that's three. Mm-hmm. What's the uh? Here's the Lost Ark. Right. Here's the Lost Ark. Well, okay. Here's a question. And Last Crusade. Well, here's the thing. Yes, though. I'm counting both of those. I don't. He's. I will argue Last Crusade mm-hmm. barely. Who's Who's the character in that film? Is, okay. it, is Adolf Hitler a character in that film? But here's the thing. Okay, let me. I feel the argument is stay that unless it's actually set during the 1940s during World War II, I won't count them. Yeah, you're right. I guess I, I Raiders guess. is the 30s. Last Crusade is at the end of the 30s. So I okay, right, I, I might <laughs> okay by end of the 30s, World War II had happened. America just wasn't in the shit. Yet. That's true. But I but okay, Raiders. That's why I like Last Crusade. I'm gonna maybe give it to you. But Raiders, no. Nah. I'm gonna use a very simple approach, which is if I see Nazis, it's a World War II story. <laughs> See a Nazi in your movie? It's World War Two. Um, the funny thing about that is, like, well, I'm not gonna fight you somewhat on that point, but historically, we it wasn't even World War Two during Raiders Lost Ark. True, but so, like I say, we when you see Nazis, you see Nazis. Well, it's World War let II. me try to decode that last sentence. This is this, this his statement here. Um, he's made a bunch of movies set during World War Two, but he's I guess what he's trying to say is he's never done a. Full on, straight up. What was Schindler's List? No, no, no. But a full on, straight up soldiers. What soldiers in World War in World War Two? I think that is actually. What was the What was the Amazing Stories episode? No, no. But we're talking. What was the Amazing Stories? Trenches. Episode? What people think of World War Two stories and World War Two movies. Trenches is World War One. You burk. Hold on. <laughs> Let me fucking finish my sentence. <laughs> like legitimately, like soldiers on the grounds in the country in the war in the war. Not in planes. <laughs> like we're talking full on. What I'm assuming, what he thinks of when he thinks of World War II movies and stories. Um, yes, but let's let's not lie, Stephen. <laughs> yeah. You have a minimum of three set during this time period. Yes, you have not done a soldier movie. Yeah, and movie, Matt. That's why Amazing Stories counts, but doesn't count. <laughs> okay, but not three because Last Crusade, I'm gonna say, was during World War II, which okay. is before America's involvement. In and I'm gonna let you have this one, <laughs> but Raiders, no. <laughs> that still makes it four. <laughs> but okay, that's like minimum three. 
a minimum 100% three, Last Crusade, arguably fourth. You're dishonoring the legacy of the brave French and British men. Don't you fucking do this to me. They fought in World War II from 1938 on. 38, Hitler invades Poland. That's the start of World War II, okay? Okay, 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 okay. Okay. I don't want to get any ragged on that. Okay, fair. <laughs> and of course, he would go on to make Band of Brothers in the Pacific. So he wasn't right. done with World War II. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, but he didn't really direct. No, that's those. true. He produced. Yeah. He did. He produces. But he, did he maybe direct an episode? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think it's a lot of. I think a shitload of other dudes have direct episodes. Yeah. Uh, but he did not. Um, of either show, FYI. So. The great David Nutter directed an episode of Band of Brothers. We Are you know. talking about the the David Nutter? The <laughs> I'm talking about the X Files own David mm-hmm. Nutter. You talking about the like like at one point the CWWB pilot man? I only know him as a as someone who made the X Files. I, I know him as a, a, a multiple TV work as well. I, like, I he was only known from the X Files. But this is not Spielberg on David Nutter. Spielberg on David Nutter. Oh, shit. My bad. Steven Spielberg is such a huge... He's a, he's a nutter nut. He's a nutter nut. Uh, uh, so. Okay, well, I mean, this is not Ben View on David Nutter. That's true. Side note, it could be one what day. If we look, did at this, look at this list. This list of directed pilots. I'm just going to go through a few of them. Millennium, mm-hmm. Roswell, Smallville, Without a Trace, Dr. Vegas, <laughs> Supernatural, Traveler, Terminator, The Sarah Chronicles, Chase, Arrow, <laughs> The Flash. I skipped like half of them. Yeah. Maybe a side pop. Maybe a side show. Maybe. <laughs> All but one of these fuckers have gone to series. The Doctor in 2011 is the only one that didn't go to series. Yeah, he's kind of the king. Damn, Nutter. He's a pretty... Damn, Nutter. Yeah, he's a... He's, if you want your show to get the series, you get David Nutter. Let's talk about David Nutter we for could... some time. <laughs> but okay, okay. Uh, that aside. Moving on. Moving on. We got... Uh, this is... Yeah, this is, uh, I guess... Here's a funny thing. Uh, guys around Spielberg's age, yeah. as I found out, have a, a huge affinity for World War II films. Sure. I found this out from uh, reading. If anything, a major place I, I think about this, uh, where I kind of theorized this, is, the, is it's from an, a, a really amazing chat that was done in 1994 with Quentin Tarantino and Robert Zemeckis. Yeah. It was a good year for them because that was both the year of Wait, what? This chat happened in 1994? 1994. Oh, 94. Yeah, sorry. I thought you said 84. 1994. Like, uh, video store was, clerk <laughs> Quentin Tarantino is, ch- uh, is, is chatting, chatting up with uh, used car <laughs> director Robert Zemeckis? Uh, I bet you used video store Quentin would have fucking flipped his lid talking to G. <laughs> yeah. oh, I, I bet he would. <laughs> anyway, but no, uh, he, decided, he, of course, totally geeked out about used cars with Zemeckis. But what was, That's what, not a good film. Uh, never been to Zemeckis. <laughs> But anyway, what I, what I gotta get to is like in this conversation between the both of them, it you can tell that like Robert Zemeckis and and Tarantino, it was kind of a cute idea because they were being they decided to do a conversation with each other around the time they were both at the Oscar race. Okay. And so you would think, oh, this, then this would have been Pulp Fiction versus Forrest Gump. Exactly. Okay. So it's an interesting conversation because mostly after them, it's just them just nerding out sure. about movies, and you can tell a huge love for both of them comes from the placement of war movies world war ii movies and like they both have these extreme ideas of what they love about world war ii films to the point where i think that's where i first learned the term uh, that tarantino has used a lot but in terms of the uh, a sub a sub genre in war film war films called men on a mission movies mm-hmm. and yeah and zemeckis went on about men on a mission movies and etc so I think they're guys around here, their age, and that's interesting because, you know, like, Zemeckis is actually much older than Tarantino to a certain degree, so, um, 
uh, not that much older, but you know, like he was not, they're not peers at the, exactly, yeah, yeah. you know, to a certain degree. Uh, but you know, like him, I know, uh, Jackson, Peter Jackson feels like has a strong affinity for films set in World War II. Even that, even New Zealand's own Peter Jackson? Yeah. Yeah, they all like, so. It seems like a very American instinct. <laughs> it's very fair, but, uh, no, but there's a huge affinity for that. So I feel like when Spielberg is saying, <laughs> I, I want to find the right World War II film, I think this is probably what he meant in his head. And I can imagine when the script for Saving Private Ryan came to him, as he says here, uh, it's a men on the mission movie, like the Dirty Dozen, etc. But the story here is all about an emotional reason. And man, if that ain't that, that is Spielberg, right? Yeah. Right, that is yeah, Spielberg catnip. I think what happened was was uh, what's his name, Robert Radot? Radot? Yeah, say that name. Rodat. Rodat. Mm-hmm. I think he was trying to capture Steven Spielberg. Yeah, and he left. He left this script like under a box mm-hmm. with, a, with a stick. Yeah, and with a string. stick and just like arrows pointing. World War Two emotional. Yeah. <laughs> Spielberg fell right into that trap, and, and then you know we had it had to make the movie. Um, what was, was glad to. Yeah. <laughs> What was your first experience with the film? I saw it uh, a number of years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was one of those I felt like I was obligated to watch this movie as as like a film fan. Sure, I knew this was a sort of classic, mm-hmm. and uh, so I watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, you know that was many years ago. Yeah, I was curious to see if my feelings would change upon seeing it this time. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll just say that they did not. Uh, I'm suspecting where it's going. And we'll talk about that when we get into the film. Uh, what mm-hmm. was your previous experience with it? Um, so on opening day. Mm-hmm. How uh, long have you been at this time? Uh, if this is 1998. Uh, five, sounds right to me. So that I would probably be 14 turning 15. Yeah, July 24th, 98. Yeah, so I'm thir- oh, actually 13. Mm-hmm. I'll be 13 at this point. So I was, uh, if you recall, uh, Justin uh, was burnt by Lost World. Yeah. So burnt that he didn't do Amistad. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Income Saving Private Ryan. Um, brother, my brother, you know, uh, was interested in seeing it too. So I, we were both like, okay, cool. And, you know, it's, it was enticing too. That trailer really hooked me, you know, like promises of this huge war epic and, and like a big Spielberg emotional heart. And I have a, I have a love for Tom Hanks. So, I think these were these were easy baits for me to go. Okay, cool. This might be cool. All right, good. All right, this feels like a bit more on track. Maybe you you you're back on it for me. So uh, that was my feelings, and I saw it, and you know, I was 13, and I loved it. Okay. At then, you know. Uh, have you watched? Had you watched it since then, prior to di- to today? Oh, decade. It's been a long time. Okay. It's been a very long time. I actually literally don't remember the last time I sat through it from beginning to end. Okay. Yeah. So it's been a while. Sat through is the word. This is a long <laughs> one. A uh, little preview, maybe, of my feelings. <laughs> um, okay, so I I watched this film today. Yeah. I, in fact, finished it right before you came over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually writing a little bit late, so when you said I was still working on it, I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, uh, how do we want to do this? This, I mean, this is another film that you kind of, to some extent, need to be careful talking about. Yeah, of course. Um... Do you want to, I mean, we could talk about the impact of it first, because one thing that struck me watching this is how much of Saving Private Ryan I see in every other movie where World War II comes oh my since then. God, yeah. Um, everything. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, there are parts where we're like, okay, that's that's an Inglorious Bastard story. That's in mm-hmm. Captain America the First Avenger. Yeah. That's in this. Yeah. 
Um, it would be this was something maybe even more so than any Steven Spielberg movie we've watched today, mm-hmm. where I really felt like, oh yes, every I see this so much in other movies. I, and I feel like, I guess what happened. I agree a hundred percent, and I think a major part of that is that he shot. There's a great okay. I, there's a great video. I'm gonna kind of. There's a great video I watched on a YouTube channel called Nerd Writer One. Mm-hmm. Really solid video. He's a really good video essay guy, and like. I did watch his video on Saving Pride Ryan immediately after finishing the film. Um, And he brought up interesting points about where Steven probably got his inspiration from filming his version of D-Day and compared to how Hollywood, classic Hollywood, the Hollywood that I've talked about that they clearly loved, um, shot World War II films. And when they shot World War II films back in the day, it was very simple. You know, I mean, to a degree, obviously, you have explosions still, you have crass, you have thousands of extras, etc. Yeah, yeah. But um, they're very much along the lines of putting the camera in a perfect position so you can see everybody come in, big wide shots, um, you know, cut to a guy, a couple guys shooting, cut to next guy's getting shot, etc. They're pretty standard. Um, no one really felt like they were in war Yeah. when you're watching a World War II film. You're almost watching a... Uh, a, fa- a tall tale version of World War yeah. Two. Um, when you're, you're watching watch- the one of the movies that Captain America started, in yeah. Captain America: The First Avenger. You no, know, exactly. Um, so I feel like it seemed to clear for Spielberg, much like when he was trying to do it, Schindler's List, is to recreate the feeling of being there. And what Nerdwriter uh, essayist guy did, and I forgot his name, but again, Nerdwriter one, look it up. He's very, very good. He brought up the fact that, like, it's clear that Steven Spielberg probably watched a lot of... I mean, obviously, I didn't even say They watched a lot of documentaries. And there are a couple of documentaries that he probably took more inspiration from. And one of them, I believe, was directed by uh, the director of The Magnificent Seven. I forgot his name. John something. Anton Foucault. <laughs> of the <laughs> 1960s. What's up? <laughs> seven. I'm thinking of... Not, oh, you're thinking of Akira Kurosawa. Okay. In the middle <laughs> is the correct answer. I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I will look it up real quick. But um, <laughs> The real truth is that I don't know the answer to the it's... question. I was, I, was, I was finding a little bit there, but uh, I, I do not actually know. John uh, Huston? Is that possible? I feel I'm going to... That can't be right. I, I've just pulled an old name out of it. <laughs> what I just did there. Let's be honest about um, I tried to cover a fact. <laughs> No, we are film guys. I swear, I swear. Listen. Sturges, Jim Sturges, John Sturges, Jim not, Sturges, not the man. Twenty one for the incorrect the great actor from Twenty One. Incorrect across incor- the universe. Incorrect, John. And, uh, that, that new show he had with David Schwimmer that's already canceled. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Anyway, I think John Sturges was was the name. Um, that's correct. I've I've looked it up as well. I can independently confirm. Yeah. Um. I think he directed this documentary that Spielberg took a lot of information from, and a lot of it was coming from looking at how, and that's basically the approach he did with the D-Day sequence, uh, was to, instead of trying to look afar... I just made myself laugh at the idea of Jim Sturge just directing the Magnificent Seven. I'm good, sorry. Good lord, sir. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've got the giggles. I apologize. Um... And again, I can't, I'm still not sure if it's John Sturges, but either way. No, it is. I looked it up. Uh, I mean, in terms of who directed oh, the documentary. The docu- the yeah, documentary. That I don't know. I have to, you know. But either way, this documentary or, or was apparently a huge inspiration because if you look at the opening of the film, it's definitely uh, shot in a manner of, uh, from both perspectives, as if there was a 
an actual film, like, an, there we go, an actual, you know, a, cam- a war camera documentarian. It's shot in that perspective. And it's actually been told, like, why is there not a ton of footage on D-Day, about, you know, during the D-Day battle? And the answer is, they didn't want to get killed? Yeah. <laughs> There's plenty of shots of everyone boats. There's a plenty of shots of people on boats and plenty of shots of, of men walking down a bloody beach. Yeah. But there are... N- zero to very little actual footage shot during D-Day during actual battle because mm, they didn't want to die and if they didn't die and if they and if there isn't and if they didn't want to die they died they got killed so and that's why we don't have their their pictures we don't have their pictures we don't have their film um (coughs) so I think that's an interesting angle too apparently also he never uh he never he didn't storyboard the sequence oh wow yeah what, how did he do? How did he do that? Um, <laughs> instinct. Joe Blue would make fun of me right now because I'm a classic. How did he do that? How did he do that? Uh, apparently a lot about instinct. Huh. Wow. And to his credit, right? That's it's it's clear chaos in yeah, the opening I, film. I mean, I I mean, listen, I'm yeah. not I'm not a fan of the film. I think that's clear. I think <laughs> I think you've hinted long enough. <laughs> I think it's clear that I'm not a fan of this era of Spielberg. Mm-hmm. That. I mean that sequence is unimpeachable. That sequence yeah. is it's incredible. It's yeah. it's it's very good to put yeah. it another way. Right. Um, and I think that it's actually something that Spielberg doesn't really get credit for because people talk about how good Schindler's List is as a film. Mm-hmm. Or but you look at a sequence like this, or some of the stuff in Schindler's List, or even the boat stuff in Amistad. Yeah. He he has for someone who's so saccharine sweet in other times. <laughs> yeah. He has he has a real skill. For just being unflinchingly brutal, yeah. When it calls for that, yeah. And that's definitely on display in in the storming the beaches of Normandy scene. Absolutely, uh, I think. I just don't think the rest of the film was up to it. What? That's that's, that's you know what? Um, I think that's kind of a fair thing to say. Yeah. I I'm gonna if you already laid out your claim. Yeah. I mostly still like the film. Yeah. Um. That being said, it's kind of hard to top the opening. Yeah. I, I don't even know how you could top. Oh, well, I feel like he tries opening. with that ending, but he, he tries, and I I'll, I actually have some some things to say about that ending. Okay, um, maybe not the same things you're going to say, but but I I, I, I that no, I think there's a reason why we still talk about that op- that the, the Normandy sequence. Mm-hmm. It's it's incredible. I mean, yeah, it's I would even call it one of the high points of Spielberg's career. I agree. It's. Uh, it's it's a crazy and I I didn't know until right now that it mm-hmm. wasn't storyboarded. That seems insane to me. Right. That is. I mean, honestly, lap it up, Spielberg, <laughs> because I'm here as the Spielberg apathetist to say that mm-hmm. that is that's like a sign of of true genius. At work. Yeah. I, no. I, I I'll admit it. Like that's that yeah. is why he's considered one of the great masters of filmmaking. Right. Is stuff like that. No, you can't. You can argue all day long, and we will. Mm-hmm. Many films, oh, uh, 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 Jesus, we we will. we will. But I mean, there's a reason we're still talking about his movies, and this is an opening sequence that is, uh, I don't even know where to begin, really, other than just like, I can't be- I can't believe how much he really pulls you in. Yeah. Um, if anything, it's the whole point of this is almost to letting you, like, bluntly put your put your face in the situation, with, and it doesn't. And this is gonna be. This is what it's like for them. Yeah. And any sequence after that, you'll have this feeling of, or, or knowledge of, it will go this bad again. Yeah. And I think that's what succeeds in that opening sequence. I mean, other smarter men, <laughs> more more uh, more in depth 
is the film critics will talk about that opening sequence far more uh, eloquently than me and you mm-hmm. to a certain I feel because what else can we add? Yeah. The movie's been out since 1998, but no, duh, of course, but you know. It's it's very very good. Is there a specific bit in the in the Normandy sequence that stuck that always yes. will stick with you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a little early in. It's when they're still just getting on the beach, and it's right after Tom Hanks has been sort of dazed, and you know he has that. Now we've seen a million times the thing where the volume goes out and he's just kind of stunned. Yeah. But it's the moment right after that when he goes to put his helmet back on and he picks up his helmet and it's filled with um, dark red water. Yeah. And, like blood mixing with the ocean. Yeah. And he just kind of real smooth. He just dumps it out and puts it right back on his head, still with with God knows how many other people's blood in it. And it's <laughs> just it that was a very striking image to me. Yeah. No. Um. Uh. For me, and it's kind of like. It's almost like a gag. It's a gag, but it's one that I always I feel like is something that like I can't not think about. Mm-hmm. It's the it's the one where you know uh, there's a bullet ricochets off a soldier's head. Helmet. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. There's a helmet. And he takes you know, and then you know, one guy here off the corner going like, "You you lucky son of a bitch," and he's he takes it off just to see it, and that's when they shoot him in the head. Yeah, and it's I don't know. It's it's one of those things like that's how. Re, like that's there's no there's no heroic moment there's no yeah. lucky there's no super, no like the, it, it's just people dying it's people dying yeah you know um it's funny to 2.5 seconds until you see he got shot anyway yeah you know um it's that's about also it does that the rest of our characters the rest of the people who are going to be in this movie mm-hmm. so you get glimmers of giovanni rabisi and, and goldberg it's, and barry pepper yeah, etc so. there's another i lost the quote but there was another thing when spielberg was talking about casting the movie mm-hmm. when he said he wanted to cast people that he, he said people in world war ii look different than people today and he, i wanted to cast people who look like the people i saw on the newsreel mm-hmm. it's funny he says that and yet it is the most 90s cast <laughs> i've ever seen it, for like a serious drama like this we got Vin Diesel. Yeah. We got Adam Goldberg. Edward want- Burns. Edward Burns. <laughs> Dennis Farina. You, okay, let me point something out about this cast. This cast is crazy. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Back then, you got some guys who were on the rise. You know, you Rabisi, Goldberg. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Uh, Edward Burns. Let's talk about the fact I know. Yep. I know you would bring up. <laughs> no one talks about this. Nathan fucking Fillion is in this movie. He is. And yeah. like he, with a, like a whole scene where he talks and everything. But you know, it's funny because like he, I, we're kind of jumping. We're not going to really go in order as usual. It's going to yeah. be a long episode. But like, I, I think I listen. I I don't have it in me to take notes. That's so fair. That's fine. I think we're going to have to abandon that format. All right, fine. Um, but Fillion shows up, and I actually forgot. Again, it's been a while. So all yeah. of a sudden, I went, "Is that?" And he runs in. Yeah. Baby face, Nathan Fillion. Such a little baby boy. Such he a little baby so boy. Different. Um, I actually really liked him yeah, in this one scene. I, He's very I, good. Yeah, I liked him too. Uh, <laughs> like, this isn't just me going, I love Nathan Freeland and everything he does. He's like, no, this is legitimately a really good dramatic beat for the guy. Yeah. You know? Um, you know who else in this movie? Hmm. Looking somehow younger than he did on Seinfeld, which was at the same time, hmm. is Brian Cranston. Right? Yeah. Armless Brian Cranston. <laughs> yeah, little, little baby boy Brian Cranston. I, it's funny. No, it's... This This cast is ridiculous. And, and, can, and now... now Compared to now, you know, like how they are now, like this cast. Jeremy Davies. I t- this Ted cast. Ted Danson's in this. Ted Danson's no. I even if I even I remember back then going like, hey. Yeah. Because I was a big Cheers kid. Sure, as <laughs> as we all. Were. <laughs> um, it's a solid cast. Uh, it's a great cast. Truth be told, I really like uh, everybody in it. And especially here's the thing: I legitimately really like Tom Sizemore in the film. Mm-hmm. 
as a person, yeah. I'm a little disappointed in him. <laughs> he's, he's gone bad in recent years. Well, he was actually apparently really bad during filming. Okay. Like, apparently, I was, as I found out, like, he sadly was drinking quite a bit during filming. Is there a specific thing that he's associated with? Because, I, listen, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't want to I don't want to get into the uh, tabloid stuff, but right. I feel like Tom, Slim, Tom Sizemore is like a, it's like, a, it's known that people don't care for him. As a person? Yeah. Yeah. Is I, there a specific reason for that, or is it just kind of a general reputation? I think it's a general reputation. Okay. I think there are a couple of moments where he got into the press more that, for, more, for, for things that probably doesn't really want to be proud of anymore. Okay. Uh, but I will say, like, it's a crazy thing that during the filming, he was also drinking. Apparently so much that, like, it was getting so bad that Spielberg decided to put an ultimatum on him and said, like, if you continue to do this, I will have no problem recasting you and reshooting you. Even if you continue to drink this bad to the end, I will reshoot you. I don't care. He was that brutally cold. Like, you're going to keep acting like this? You're going to keep drinking like this? You will be replaced. And that's some, that's kind of crazy to hear about. Also, because I legitimately really like him in the film. He, he turns in a good performance. Yeah. Um, like a very good performance. Yeah. Um, I'm used to him kind of playing an asshole a lot in movies after this, but he's he's very, very good here. Yeah. Burns is, uh, like, fresh off... Uh, it's very much like... Kind of, it's much like what we said about like how he cast um, Lost World. I think, I think he... the most... You don't... There's no more 90s face than Edward Burns. I, yeah. Um, like, I, no. I, I, as I was watching the movie, I was like, I, I didn't remember that it was Edward Burns. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to look... I was like, who, who is this? He looks so familiar. <laughs> and I was trying to look up, and every person I looked up was like, okay, who's very 90s? Is it John Corbett? Was it John... Because <laughs> he looks very 90s. It was... He's... That's why it's so funny to me this film was like, yeah, I wanted to cast people who looked like World War II people because... Mm. You couldn't get a more '90s boy than Edward Burns, <laughs> especially because like Edward Burns, Edward Burns was hot at the time. Like this is a sure. dude who had uh, uh, who wrote and directed the film that he got a lot of claim. Brothers McMullen. He got shit for the second film, FYI. <laughs> no one liked that second one he did, but people were really hot on Ed Burns for Edward Burns for a while, and I, you know, that was the funny thing about looking at. Ryan. Yeah, look at that. That's his third big film after yeah. his directorial no, not debut. Even his third big film. His third film. His third film. Because the second film is the one he wrote and directed. Unless they're not counting acting credits on, on IMDb for here. Oh, uh, no, no. It looks uh, like it was like. Wikipedia. His first two films was The Brothers of Wellen, which, which he wrote and directed and had some good acclaim for. She's the one which he wrote and directed and no one liked. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then um, and then Saving Private Ryan. So it was a pretty. He didn't know looking back in between, but I don't know what that is. I don't know that. But yeah, this is like he, yeah, that's yeah, but he was crazy. he was hot shit back then. Yeah. People liked Ed Burns, man. Um, oh wow, okay, so he had a third film. No, Looking Back was one that he also wrote and directed. We just learned. So that's the third film he did. That came out the same year. So Saving by Ryan was his first film he was in that he didn't direct. That's actually kind of interesting. Wow, yeah. that's impressive. Yeah. Um, again, it does feel like a thing where Spielberg like looked at a bunch of movies and went, "I like these guys." Yeah. You know, like Adam Goldberg. Um. It's definitely one of those guys who's like, oh, I, oh, you've seen them a lot in '90s movies, but he, you can tell they're like, oh, this guy felt like someone who was stuck, yeah. who could play a guy who's like that kind of dude in a 1930s, 40s film, which yeah. I, I, I actually quite liked his character quite a bit. I like him a lot too, and it's, it's also funny to think like at this point. So, what would we have known Adam Goldberg from at this point? Days and Confused, yeah, and Chandler's crazy temporary <laughs> roommate on Friends. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's kind of it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vin. 
Oh, Vin. Vin Diesel. Vin. You have a story about what Vin Diesel said uh, after the movie came out, right? Yes, but please, please I'll tell. It's please tell. I, so I don't know how to assist. I'll tell you where I, where I heard it. I heard this story from Kevin Smith on a podcast once. Mm-hmm. He had heard it from Ben Affleck, yep. who heard it from Cole Sprouse, who was friends with Vin Diesel. So granted, <laughs> this is going through a lot of layers. Yeah. But apparently, uh, Vin Diesel was in this film, kind of his first big movie. Mm-hmm. And after it came up, apparently Vin Diesel called Cole Sprouse on the phone, left a message where all he said was, I'm blowing up, and then, <laughs> and then hung up. <laughs> As his way of like saying, I've made it, basically. <laughs> it's, it's a, it was a pretty couple of good years for him, too, because it was this Iron Giant. Uh, it was a pretty good couple of years for him from 1996 till pre- 1998, excuse me, well, till, till present day. Hold on, sir. Excuse you. Excuse, first off. <laughs> First off, it's like the, 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 blo- the blowing up, what I, what I meant is like oh, yeah, the yeah. blowing up. Oh, yeah, this yeah. was the period, right? It yeah. was this Iron Giant, mm-hmm. and then Fast and the Furious. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a solid. Oh, that's a boiler room. Boiler I, room. I, I like. Oh no, I'm sorry. And I, how dare I forget Pitch Black? Hell yeah! Look at oh this. my god! No, that's my right. Iron Giant, Boiler Room, Pitch Black, Fast and the Furious. Boom! Knock around, guys. Uh, Boom! Look at that. That's a. No, same Pride Ryan to Iron Giant to to Boiler Room, which is a decent flick, but to Pitch Black. And you know what? People like to shit on Vin Diesel. Mm-hmm. But you know what I'm seeing right here? Mm-hmm. I'm seeing five radically different roles back to back. Yeah. Where he crushed it in each one. Yeah. Yeah. This is no. Ben Buell on Diesel. <laughs> this is Ben Buell. Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, absolutely. And that's a, that's a crazy thing to think about him in this film, because he's very, very good in this movie. Yeah. Um, He's definitely one of those guys who are like, oh, New York. <laughs> yeah. He's he him. That's why him and, and Goldberg's character are, are clearly buddies. They're both from <laughs> they're both from New York, yeah. which is why I really like about that. Um, Jeremy Davies. Yeah. Looking to the point where it's funny because I remember when he came out, some folks thought, "Is that Henry Thomas from ET?" Because he had a vague. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> he had a yes, vague I similarity, right? And yeah. it's been so long since most people saw him, they went, "Oh my god, he ca- That's great. He cast him older. It's like, no, 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 different no, dude. Different, this is a different fella. Different fella. Let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Where do people who aren't me know Jeremy Davies from? Because I pretty much exclusively know him from Lost. Mm-hmm. But people seem to have been aware of him before that mm-hmm. and seem to be aware of him after from other things. Yeah. I've literally only known him from Lost and this film. Right. So where, uh, where do others know Jeremy Davies from? Can it's a weird... Me, can you clue me in? I, here's the thing. I can't tell you. I think, sadly, those are the two big ones. But people, but, 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 people knew who he was. But it's that thing where it's like, okay, he's very memorable in this movie. Yeah. You know? Um, and I feel like it's he's one of those cases where it's like, they put him in a ton of shit afterwards like in a bunch of things and i can't remember them right now but he was he be he was very omnipresent he just kept showing up okay in a bunch of movies so he became it's like a it's like so a remember the movies that's like but we remember him being around you remember him being around and say like, oh that guy oh that guy um actually you know what like someone brought up an interesting point with jeremy davis and this is much like fresh off of being him in the, him being in this movie in saint right ryan but it's like um when they did the psycho shot for shot remake um Someone brought up the fact that it's like, you know, Vince Vaughn is might have been off. It's a curious choice for sure. <laughs> and then so and then this movie and then like it was a case where like Vince Vaughn might have been the wrong choice. And then when they saw Jeremy, they're like, you know, yeah. he would have nailed it. He would have. <laughs> he, he would. Absolutely. He Especially that t- that period. If you're gonna film at that time, yeah. Yeah. Jeremy Davis would have Damn. nailed. Right. 
Norman Bates back then. Uh, I forgot uh, Rescue Dawn is also a great Jeremy Davis performance. Oh, he's really good in that. He plays Eugene from Eugene. That's right. Uh, Um... Yeah, no, he's he but he I think that's the case. He's just he's he he got around and he's he's very he's got a really interesting kind of presence, real interesting, you know. Sure, yeah. Especially when he's gotten older. I think that's why I find him fascinating. He's yeah. gotten weirder in a, in the best way. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um didn't he play Marilyn Manson at one uh, not, not Marilyn Manson, uh, Charles Manson at one point? That, I mean that seems right. But, <laughs> uh, in the two thousand four uh, television film Helter Skelter, he played there we Charles go. Manson. There we go. Uh they didn't get him for Aquarius. What David Duchovny. Did Aquarius actually feature Charles Manson, or was it just people investigating and you don't actually? I thought it featured Charles. I didn't see that. That would require me to watch Aquarius. <laughs> I, I, I can't justify mm-hmm. why I didn't watch Aquarius. <laughs> as a huge X Files fan and as a fan of, of Charles Manson stories, mm-hmm. I don't know what happened to, to me where I didn't make it to the TV. <laughs> that last bit of business is news to me. <laughs> uh, I, love, I love some good Manson talk. Um, How do you spell Aquarius? This is the gun of the it's age like of Aquarius. <laughs> Let's keep talking about sh- shaving. <laughs> Remember that great Friends goof where it was a porn called Shaving Ryan's Private? That's, uh, yeah, that was That's, the thing. Again, the legacy of this film. Of this film. Op- amazing opening sequence. Um, two, at least minimum of two porn names I can think of. What is the other one? Um, so Shaving Private's Ryan. Shaving uh, Ryan's Private. Shaving Ryan's Private. And just simply... S- just simply saving Ryan's privates. Oh, okay. I think the first sure. one. I think the first one's clever. It's more clever. This, he, this pretty boy played a uh, uh, Gethin Anthony was Charles Manson in uh, Aquarius, and that's uh, Ben View on Aquarius. He's okay, far too pretty. He's, <laughs> this is Redley Baratheon. Redley Baratheon <laughs> is not a, is not Charles Manson. I'm sorry. Um, okay, so after. The opening sequence. Yeah, yeah. I feel we have. Well, that's okay. We have clearly diverged, but I feel like that's a, that is something I did want to talk about. Is that this cast who grew on to really blow the <laughs> fuck up after this movie? Yeah, that's incredible to me. You know, um, you know, even to, even fake Ryan, which was was Nathan Fillion, yeah. blew the fuck up after this. So it's crazy to me to think like, look at these guys. It's a cavalcade of young actors who are getting who are getting to be much bigger. Um, Led by uh, you know, a veteran, you know, led by Tom Hanks. Here's a theory. Mm-hmm. Tom Hanks. Okay. All his big roles after this were in Spielberg movies. Uh-huh. Right? A, a big amount of them, mostly, yeah. Mostly, unless you're going to count, like, The Da Vinci Code. But who wants to watch those? I, I, may, All the movies mm. that people like. <laughs> that Tom Hanks was big in. Mm-hmm. Those were only Spielberg ones. Yeah. Ted Danson. Mm-hmm. He didn't have another cheers. No. What if the young actors on set much like in the film Space Jam, mm-hmm. stole the powers of the old actors and used them to get famous. <laughs> what if, what the, if, what does if, that make them the monsters of the situation? Vin Diesel is definitely a monster. I say, right, that, I say that as a term of respect because I love Vin Diesel. Oh, no, that's, a, that's not even a... But look at that man. That, How is he not a monster? Oh, no, no, I'm not even... I'm not even questioning that. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Um, what I'm saying is Vin Diesel... Appro- I know there weren't any scenes together. But right. Vin Diesel approached Ted Danson on set <laughs> and shook his hand and then, and then <laughs> unhinged his jaw like a Dementor <laughs> and, and sucked the fame juice from Ted Danson. <laughs> what little he had left, FYI. What little he had left. <laughs> cheers has been off the air for several years at that point. That's true, 96. Yeah. Uh, cheers went down in 92. It's only been four years. It's still a while. It's this is 98. 
I keep thinking it's 96 for some reason. So it's six years. Six years. He had. Yeah. He was on Becker at this point. Probably. That's true. Oh, well, yeah, he was totally on Becker at this but, point. Who watched? Can, can you, have you ever met anyone who's seen an episode of Becker? Have you seen an episode of Becker? No. I've seen an episode of Becker. You have seen an episode of Becker? I have seen several episodes of Becker. Wow. I. <laughs> if someone walked into the room right now, like a, 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 a man in black, basically, you know, no. someone in like a black suit and they said, "Listen, it's time to reveal to you, mm-hmm. Becker's not a real show." <laughs> we, I, I would believe it. I would believe it. If someone came in right now and tried to convince me that Becker, in fact, was just a vast conspiracy. Um, but let's talk about Stephen Fry. Yes, let's talk about Stephen Fry. Okay, so basically, all right. So what are your uh, your issues with the film. As the movie goes on, I feel like it, it feels kind of like every other Steven Spielberg historical movie. It mm-hmm. feels it feels a little stuffy. It feels mm-hmm. a little uh, long. Uh, yeah, to be perfectly yeah. honest, it is. Um, and it just uh, it it kind of feels like Steven Spielberg is an angry history teacher who's <laughs> really really beating me over the head at this point to say, yeah. "Listen, World War II was bad." <laughs> and it's like, I, yeah, I believe you. I'm no. not. I don't disagree, but it's. I get it, Stephen. Yeah. Uh, it just feels like it's. He's really really hammering home something that he had already hammered home successfully. Mm-hmm. A in Schindler's List and B in the first ten minutes of this movie. I, I don't think uh, anything yeah. ever happens in the movie. That makes makes the point of the movie clearer or better than mm. in that first ten minutes. Um, twenty eight minutes, FYI. Sure, <laughs> yeah. but it does feel. But that's how good that those those yeah. that is. Is it's very. Um, I would feel for me, it's like I overall did like it, but I will say that it does come off as more of a series of vignettes. Yeah. With a loose plot, to eventually to finding Ryan, yeah. and yeah, that stuff is okay. No, I, I mean, and there are certain things about it. There, there are chunks here and there that I legitimately love. Um, I actually am a big fan of the um, of the dog tag scene. Okay, yeah. I think it's a really powerful scene, and it's it's great because I what I like about it is what it what what multiple layers of character work it shows. Mm-hmm. Um, it shows how where um, you know Edward Burns, Adam Goldberg's uh, mentality is at during the war. Mm-hmm. Um, and it even actually even shows Tom Hanks's character where his mentality is at during the war, sure. and the idea that like they're they're they just want to get this job done. They hate the idea. It's clearly it's clear that Edwards Burns character hates this mission. He yeah. just wants to finish it, and so they're pleading. You know, they're going through these dog tags and hoping to find Ryan's name, yeah. and the issue. You know, they're they're playing it off as like like they're playing poker. You know, yeah. it's like. You know, like, yeah, is that it? Is that it? Is that it? Is that it? And they're making jokes and pretending like, oh, you know, hey, you fold and you're shit. You know, they're they're being dudes. They're being guys, and you can see Hanks while not really joining in. He's kind of cracking a smile because he yeah. he is finding you know he's that means he's kind of funny. He's 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 finding the humor in this in what they're doing. What's making it real fucked up <laughs> while they're doing these? They're doing this while. Th- the fellow soldiers who knew those guys who died are walking by them. And Giovanni Verbisi, who is a medic, who's the medic in the team, he's catching on what they're doing, is disgusted and tells them to stop and grabs it. And literally, he's like, guys, what the fuck? Like, this is, you're doing this in front of them. And what I like about it is that Hanks pauses and freaked and realizes what, that he was kind of joining in. Even if he didn't say anything, he was joining in. Mm -hmm. And I, from that moment of kind of frustration in himself, because we also later find out that part of his deal 
is that he feels like he's losing himself the further he goes into this war. Yeah. That that's an element of him going, fuck, that's another part of my humanity is gone. Yeah. I'm making light of death. Yeah. I'm making light of fellow American soldiers who are doing this. Yeah. Um, I like, that's one of my favorite moments in the film. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that's probably one of my favorite things in the film is that quiet little uh, yeah, moment. I, I, I can see that. I, I don't know. That's, it's a powerful. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Tom Hanks is, good in this movie oh what was that when i was younger younger and more bitter yeah i tried to argue against tom hanks in this movie i will admit here and now that that was incorrect of me to do tom hanks is good here Um, all right but yeah i don't know it's just that i it's exhausting and i i think in a way that is not you could say that was the point for this to be exhausting because right you know it's it's war and shit mm-hmm. but i it, it's exhausting to me in a way that just feels like i'm watching a movie that's lagging along it doesn't it doesn't excuse me i gotta yeah. I, I breathed in something wrong I'm no not, ooh. Is that? Ooh. i don't know what just happened i just inhaled I some that's evil. interesting yo, yo, <laughs> um what are you it just feels like i'm watching a long oh. movie it doesn't it doesn't feel exhausting in, in the way that i think mm-hmm. <laughs> did my dog just goose you a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> hey what oh yeah, he does that to me. He likes to push on people's butts. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I caught. I'm like, yes, what? <laughs> Hello. Yeah, he'll, he'll he'll lay down on his back and then he'll use his paw to press on <laughs> on parts of you. Um, um, it, it it just felt like it was slacking. I felt it, and like I mean, like I said, now I'm slacking on because I I said mm. this already, but it feels like it's making the same point over and over again in ways that it has already effectively done. Okay. Um, uh, here's uh, one thing we kind of curious. What do you think about the uh, I guess hypocritical thing of that uh, that Tom Hanks' character John Miller does in which he straight up tells Vin Diesel's character no we're not saving that kid yeah yet the whole movie is about them saving some kid right yeah yet also he let go that German soldier yeah what do you think about those two like kind of what do you think that means what do you how do you take those two scenes well I well I'll tell you this so the German shoulder, the German shoulder, he mm-hmm. lets go. Um, soldier is what I meant to say. I know. He comes back. Yeah. As we learn. Yes. And I, listen, you know I have some struggles where all people look alike to me. I did have to look it up and be like, is, was that the same guy from earlier? Okay, I'm so glad you brought that up. Because mm-hmm. um, I had the same thing here, actually. Yeah. Since 1998 till today, uh-huh. when my coworker corrected me. I thought the soldier that killed Adam Goldberg mm-hmm. with the knife, one of the most horrific things in the movie, FYI, that stuck with me like that, was the same soldier. Okay, Justin, hold yep. the phone. Yep. Because until right now... Oh, you thought the same thing? I believed that was the same soldier. Okay. And then he popped downstairs and killed Tom Hanks, too. Okay, see... How many different people are we talking about? Right I... Now? This is one coworker of mine who flat out told me I was wrong. And now I'm wondering, I think maybe he's wrong because you thought the same thing. Yeah. Because, okay, here's why I'm thinking it's him. Yeah. And if you want to correct us, by all means, you know, you can find us at Ben Ben on Steve. But because, okay, think narratively, okay? Jeremy Davis's character. Um... did Steve Oh Willie. my god! Did oh my god! Steamboat Willie, and then the first Google suggestion is kill. Oh my uh, god! That's, that, that's oh my god! Click on that! Click on that! Uh. 
There's too many words going on. Right Mellish. Now. Mellish is killed in a bayonet fight. Mellish is Adam Goldberg, no? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. He's killed in a bayonet fight. Is that... Okay, I guess that's how you want to describe that. But it doesn't say... It doesn't say who. Like, yes, we do know that Steve... Steamboat Willie... That's the name of the German soldier. They, they nicknamed him that when he... You know, it's the nickname of the German soldier they let go. They okay. said that he... Yes, I do know he did kill Miller. Okay, there's the, the Saving Private Ryan wiki credits uh, a Waffen SS soldier as okay. killing Mellish. Okay. All right, so we are... Okay, my coworker is correct. Okay, so, yes, it seems as they're... But that's... Okay, listen. Some <laughs> fans commonly mistake him for Steamboat Willie. Uh, that's what when I... he stabs Mellish and zooms out, he looks almost exactly like Willie. So this is, we're not alone here. We're not alone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh, my God. Oh, my... Well, kids, you have to hear it from our point of view. My point of view is that... That's how I always took when Jeremy Davis's character looks at him, and I assume he recognizes him as the guy he had some sympathy towards. Yeah. And that's why he's even more hurt about it. Also, Steamboat Willie had his hat off, too. So it's, I assumed, yeah. that's geography, that's my brain. But that, the one that, that Jeremy Davies kills is is the same one that was let go. That is correct. Yeah. And, he, and the one he, who kills Tom Hanks. Because he tried to, yeah, yeah, exactly. He tried to do the that bullshit uh, help me crap again. Yeah. And that's when Jeremy Davies got, no, not today. No, not this time. Not this time. Um. Well, I, that bothers me to be honest because it, sure. it's it seems to be it seems that the moral of this movie is mercy's bad, which I, I, mm-hmm. I guess like it's part of it, that's part of the larger point of the, it, it. It's this weird meta message mm-hmm. where it's like it takes it as read that we as the audience should have the belief that mercy is a virtue and something good, yeah, and that war is so bad that it it flips that around, right? But I mean, I I, I don't know, it just kind of. I mean, I guess I guess that's effective. Yeah, it's just it 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 doesn't feel good to watch. Sure, which maybe is the point, but that, especially because this character has been in such uh, he's a bad he's basically a pacifist. Yeah, throughout most of the film, he doesn't really fire. He has that was his first kill. Yeah, um, I would say, but here's it is a very interesting situation to me with that scene, mm-hmm. um, and how it it compares to the 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 non saving kid scene. Yeah, you know, um. And it also does paint John Miller not as, uh, not as the all-American Captain America leader of the troop who's going to do the always the right thing. Yeah. It's, it does play. It does allow him to kind of. It does show off an element like that's not this character. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he will. He wants to. He wants to try to do the right thing, but his head's in the game of mission. This is a mission. This is something I, ha- I am assigned to do this job. Yeah. Um, and I guess the situation with with that gunner and he decided is that he saw more men get killed and he decided to break off that mentality to try to stop it before yeah. more men get killed. And that's interesting to me. Um, so, the, okay, let's go to, let's just jump to the finale. Yeah. And let's talk about Damon. Uh, well, I'll say this, mm-hmm. uh, in my memory, I had wiped out the entire like last hour of the film uh, in my memory like they find damon and that's pretty much the end of the movie and then he's like all right great cool <laughs> watching it now that is that is not the case no uh not at all mm-hmm. um i really this i find this finale lackluster i think it's i i think it's just kind of like oh you're you're i mean it, this is really good well shot yeah like very super realistic you know it's very very impressive mm-hmm. more stuff but you already did it way better in the first scene. It's it, it's after that. It just it feels like why are we doing this? It's tricky, right? Because yeah. like, 
I, I think it's good. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I'm with you. I think it's a it's a really well shot sequence. Well, on its own, it's yeah, of course, it's yeah. amazing. It's but amazing. It's it's to the point where I almost feel like everyone's discussions are so much about the opening that's like, even though I'm, I understand where you're saying coming from, it's like narratively, I'm not as invested in it anymore. But just on a pure action war sequence, mm-hmm. it's phenomenal. Yeah, you I, know, I, I don't disagree with that. Yeah, but I get what you're saying. You know, I, I think there is. And it comes with the fact that, that Ryan does show up in the third act. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, side note, and this is, I think everyone, it's like, I almost don't really feel like I need to bring this up, but I feel like I should, because I think it's just funny. Uh, the idea that Spielberg is said, like, I want to try to cast an unknown so I don't have audience figure out who Ryan is. So we cast Matt Damon. He didn't know about Good Will Hunting coming out. Yeah. <laughs> and little did, and also no one suspected Good Will Hunting to become... A, a huge, yeah. Huge, so... A huge. So... He's on the poster now. <laughs> He's a selling point now. Yeah. And that blew up on Steven's face. Yeah. That like, oh, whoops. <laughs> I kind of, well, and here's the thing is that, how did he know? And it's it's fine. Well, he was just too good at, at casting <laughs> actors people would want to see. Uh, I think Matt, I think Damon's very good mm-hmm. in this part. It's, it's, it's funny to watching young Matt yeah. in this movie because I can see like, Actually, my first thing I've ever seen Damon is is a movie called Grace Under uh, not Grace Under Courage Under Fire, Courage Fire, Courage Fire. He's playing another soldier in that one. He's amazing in that film. Yeah. And I remember being really like impressed with like, wow, that that guy. I don't know who that guy is, but he's really good. Um, I did see Goodwill Hunting. Mm-hmm. I was in that camp that legitimately enjoyed it. I haven't seen it since. I have not seen it at all. Interesting. Um, side note: Edward Edward Norton was at, actually was considered. At one point. For Ryan? For Ryan. Interesting. Um, actually, other fun facts, I guess, I found out, too, is that uh, uh, Harrison Ford was considered for John Miller. Yeah. Um, okay. I kind of yeah. understand, you know, maybe not want to not want to go to that obviousness. Another option for Ryan, Neil Patrick Harris. Wow. Mm. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. What was BHO to, then? Uh, Structured Troopers came out. Around yeah, the same I year. I forget he's in that. So he was fighting bugs instead of Nazis. Yeah. In a movie that was essentially about fighting Nazis. Yeah. <laughs> That's a great World War II film. Starship Troopers. Troopers. If I see Nazis, it's World War II. <laughs> oh, I guess Mel Gibson was also considered for the lead. Uh, well, I mean, it's problematic now. Yeah. <laughs> do you think... Did you, do you think what happened... Should I make a joke here? If you wish. <laughs> Given what we know about Mel Gibson's father... Do you think Mel Gibson blew it when he was like meeting with Spielberg and was like, "Oh, it's cool, you're doing a fantasy film." Ooh. Is that what he's? Is that what Mel Gibson's father thinks of him now that he's doing the Hacksaw Bridge? <laughs> Mel Gibson doing a World War II film now? He's directing a yeah, he's directing one. Wow. Yeah, FYI, looks kind of solid. Looks kind of pretty. It's weird that his dad's a Holocaust denier though. Let's not deny that. No. It's not weird. It's weird. <laughs> it's really bad. It's weird and very bad. It's weird and very weird bad. And very, very bad. Um, yeah. Um, so no, I think we were fu- we're good with Tom. <laughs> yeah, I think Tom was probably the right choice of those. Well, Tom's also in that period too, where he was just getting out of. Like he was definitely the Oscar Tom Hanks guy now. Yeah, yeah. But no one's seen him with a gun, and I think that's what's intriguing. That's definitely was like an appeal element. It's like, oh, Tom Hanks with a gun. He didn't have a gun in Splash. <laughs> Weirdly, had a gun in like uh, <laughs> I he, he, he had a gun in bosom buddies. It was strange. <laughs> a gun in that thing you do. 
<laughs> he had two. Because <laughs> he wanted to really shut that, like, idiot lead singer up. <laughs> That's a good movie, though. Fuck, do I love 20th anniversary. Yeah? This year. Wow. God, I love that movie. That's a good movie. That's um, a great movie. <laughs> what else is there to say about uh, Saving Private Ryan? You want to tell you something I, I do hate? What's that? The bookends. Of this film? Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Cool. <laughs> We're in agreement. Because um, um, no, it, that's I mean that's Spielberg being at his worst. Yeah, that's yeah. No, this as a kid, yeah. I hated them. Yeah, as a thirteen-year-old kid, guess turning to a cynical film kid, mm-hmm. I hated the the bookends, and I just remember me and my brother were driving home, and I'm like, "Did you like the bookends?" He's like, no, they were terrible, right? They're like, did we need those? Like, no. Awful, and he's done them before, I th- more than once. Yeah, <laughs> right. Like, here's the thing. The book, it, the, the, the epilogue, I guess you would say, in Schindler's List yeah. was great. It's powerful. I, yeah. I love that one. Here, it's like, oh my God, Stephen, I get it. Let us leave. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will say this about the book, and solid casting of old of, of someone who could conceivably be old man Matt Damon. You know, I wasn't convinced until the, the bleed-in, the morph, right? Yeah. I went, oh, you do! Yeah. Like, at the opening, I went, I don't know. But you can see it. Now that I see, no, when he morphs into old man Matt Damon, went, when he morphs into that actor, I went, oh, I can see it. It's yeah. a goddamn waste of time. It's, it's a waste it's, of fucking time. It's... And they drag it on drag so it. too, way too sentimental. The dialogue is shit. Am I a good man? Am I? Oh my god, the subtlety doesn't exist here. There's You're... a weird temptation for people to do bookends. Uh, another uh, we talked about Rescue Dawn. I also think the bookends in that movie could go. The stuff before oh, the camp and the stuff after the camp. Don't need I it. I don't. I don't know don't why. Need it. We we know that these are like real people. We don't need that extra bit of context to like understand that. Right. Right. No, um, absolutely hate the bookends. Yeah, the bookends are just garbage. Yeah. Uh, um, hey, you know what? Another guy like this movie, Paul Giamatti. Oh sure, he's there. Why not? Because Everyone's there. Because like, you know, just quick side. I just love me some Paul Giamatti, and I always like seeing him. So, hey, Paul Giamatti, good to see you. Who doesn't? Right? I don't want to know the person who doesn't like Paul Giamatti. He doesn't want a little Paul Giamatti. He was in. I guess I'm in the trailer for San Andreas. I went. You know what? Maybe. <laughs> the Rock and you. Even if you don't share a scene, that's you a possibility. Know, you know what Paul Giamatti is like? He's like shredded cheddar cheese. Which mm-hmm. is that when you see it there, you're going to add it to whatever you're eating, and it's going to make it better. <laughs> Omelets, pies, yeah, <laughs> omelet, apple pie. It it's like, you know what? Throw all the cheddar cheese on there. <laughs> it's going to make it better. It's going to make it better. That's what Paul Giamatti does for movies. That's a good, I like that. Paul Giamatti is like, is like shredded cheddar cheese. It's yeah. pretty solid. <laughs> um, you want to talk about the score? Yeah. It's good. It's good. <laughs> I mean, I don't like. Listen, uh, it's. I mean, we've talked about this on the, on the podcast before, but it's a weird thing where it's like when John Williams isn't being iconic, it feels like a letdown almost. And like I, I, I couldn't. Right now, I couldn't hum any any selection of the score from Saber Private. Right, and it's powerful when watching the film. Sure, it but, fits, but I mean, it fits the film. But, it, but you're right. Which, I mean, I guess is maybe like you don't want to overshadow here in a way. That right, it's a little safer too in yeah. say a Star Wars. But yet, I can hum. I can think of the and be haunted by the theme in Schindler's List. Like, yeah, that's stuck with for me. sure. For you like, know, yeah, you're right. right. <laughs> well, I don't know why we get him slack on this movie. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I think, I think it's a, it's a, a serviceable score from, from one of the greatest composers of, of our time. Um, Spielberg's boy Janusz Kaminski. Yeah, yeah. He's like, since Saving Private Ryan, he ain't letting that boy go. And he, no. he, Janusz does some great work here. Oh yeah. But I'd argue, here we go. This is where Janusz does good work. Movies like this. Yeah. It's when we go to movies that aren't like this that you will start hearing my criticisms on Janusz Kaminski. And we will. But 
No, this is, again, another case of, like, I get it. Like, especially after Shinless, it's like, oh, I get it, Steven. I get why you, you held on to him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're not letting go. And he, his work here is phenomenal, of course. Yeah. And it's different from Schindler's. I yeah, it is. It is a totally different look. And that's why I kind of love about watching this compared to Schindler's. Like, Schindler's list is, like, composed so beautifully. Mm-hmm. Like, just the black and white is just so rich and perfectly thought out and laid out and how it's lit. Here, it's it does feel like I have to wash my face every five minutes. <laughs> yeah, everything is muted and dirty. Yeah, it's a very, very good stuff. Even the flag in the opening shot. Yeah. Is, is muted, which I really like, you know. Um, it's I mean, it's part of Shit Alter Pass. It's like it's going through the sun. Yeah. So it's 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 part of that element of like, it's not like he's muting it intentionally, but it's giving that muted effect until we see the flag back at the end. But then at this point, I already hate the ending, so whatever. But <laughs> um, yeah, no, again, it's it's an overall for me, it's a solid Spielberg movie, and I like it quite a I like it, but I will admit that, yeah, no, it's two and a half hours. Yeah. It, it drags. For me, it's an amazing 28 minutes followed by some skippable stuff. Some skippable stuff. With some good stuff in the middle. I do like some stuff while here and yeah, there. Yeah, sure. There's some good... There's good stuff. It's just not something that makes me go, oh, man, that's amazing. Whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm internet nerd now. Whatever. It's fun. Um, Plugs? Yeah. I guess we're done. Uh, well, any wrap-up thoughts for you? Or? Uh, I mean, I... Uh, you know, uh, uh, whatever. I don't hate this movie. It's it's. I mean, like I said, that first twenty eight minutes is phenomenal. I kind of think the rest of it is a waste of time. I I don't hate this movie, but I certainly don't love it either. Uh, it it really it feels like it feels like this is in a weird way. And granted, I, I'm gonna make a comparison now that people are gonna disagree with. But I, I and I'm not saying they're as bad as each other. But this feels like a weird mirror of nineteen forty one. Mm, which whoa, that's interesting. In which <laughs> Steven Spielberg is kind of banking on us to be as interested in World War II as he is. Yeah. And here, he, he meets us halfway a lot here, but not not all the time. Mm-hmm. Whereas 1941 was, we needed to meet him halfway all the time, and that's why that was a disaster. Yeah, fair. Um, but it, it, it feels in a weird way like this is just kind of, a lot of it banks on like, this is World War II, it's definitely, definitely interesting. Whereas I, I, I don't necessarily have that same attachment or fascination that Spielberg does. Okay. And, and so some of the stuff in the middle kind of falls flat for me. Okay. Um, but like I said, that first 28 minutes is absolutely incredible. Yeah. All right. Oh, you said plugs, huh? Plugs, yeah. <laughs> um, well, last time I came on, uh, last episode I did, I talked about the the, the, the crowdfunding, uh, crowdfunding campaign for Olympia 2, the film I'm a associate producer on, and um, it was probably too late for anybody who was listening to the show to contribute. But that's okay. We got it. Yeah. We we got the we got, we got the money. The we got the funding. Nice. The film should happen around uh, beginning of next year. We'll okay. start filming around the beginning of next year. Hopefully. That's awesome. Uh, gotcha. You know, it's it's uh, definitely cool. Definitely fun. Definitely like just like, just a crazy bit of where like we're we're all now talking when it's actually happening. Yeah. <laughs> How about that? This is real. This is real. Um. Uh, outside of that, you know where you can find me. I'm I'm at Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Justin Kizan. Um, still writing for Agents of Guard. I still uh, I have an event actually. I'm, I'm going to probably be covering this weekend uh, called Akiba Fest. Okay. It's in Little Tokyo. It's in uh, what city? In uh, Los Angeles. Okay. Okay, thank There's you. That's true. <laughs> that is correct. Yep. Um, it's going to be uh, like a two-day event. I actually, it's actually kind of neat. It's actually the first real event that Agents of Guard has been invited to. Oh, awesome. So we have, you know, um, ran by an anime company called Aniplex, I believe. And so they've 
it's gonna be it's mostly like an anime convention but done outdoors which i've never been to before it's intriguing it's like it's an outdoor festival but it's also an anime thing um it should be fun uh me and some of the other agents are going to be going this weekend um if you're in the anime as well and you're in the la county area akiba fest uh check out online for tickets uh and we're, we're there. Our profile pictures are on our Twitter account, so you may be able to spot us. Yeah. Also, yes, still doing video a day on Instagram. Still going. Still going. It's impressive. Yeah, thank you. Um, at the end of this month, it will be six months. Wow. Yeah. Which I'm weirded out by, too. <laughs> uh, but that's that's my bullshit. Matt. Uh, go to Benview.network.com. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Go to BenviewNetwork.com. Check out all the great shows on there. I'm on a handful of them. We're adding new shows all the time. They're all great. Adopt pets. I said that last time. I'm keeping it going. As you can hear in the background, a, a, a pet shop has just popped up next door to my house, apparently. Um, adopt pets. There are pets that need homes. You can give them homes. It's good. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Dr. Matt Benson. That's at Dr. Matt Benson. You can follow this show at Ben on Steve, mm-hmm. and you can uh, check chuck us an email. You can chuck us an email at <laughs> Benview on Spielberg Podcast at Gmail dot com. I've 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 traveled all of England in one sentence, <laughs> with that, I, and poorly. I did five different English accents. You were all poorly. You were all in. You were many bad. You were just everywhere. Uh, yeah, I, I. I don't even know. I made sure to offend you, no matter where you're from in England. <laughs> um, uh, and well, I was gonna, oh yeah, so, so join us next month on this podcast. Yes. When I hope to God. We will have found The Unfinished Journey, a 21-minute documentary short about American life and history produced for the Millennium New Year's Eve celebration. Because if we can't find that, we'll be covering AI, artificial intelligence. Or director's chair. I'll just tell you about director's chair. How about I talk to you for about director's chair for like 20 minutes? I That's refuse next week. to cover director's chair until I can find a copy. Listen, Justin. We're going to have to do AI sooner or later. Okay. If it comes for us next month, it comes for us next month. Saddle up. So, hey. Saddle up, Sorry to... uh, Hey. Get ready to talk about Jude Law as Gigolo Joe. Is that correct? That's correct. Someone else was Gigolo Jill? Yeah, sure. I'm Mark from Comic Nerds Unite, and this is my hetero life mate, Tim. What's up, Mark? And what's up, world? Comic Nerds Unite is a comic book podcast, plain and simple. Our mission statement is bringing nerds together to talk comics. So we pick a book or graphic novel that we all read and discuss it at length. Then we talk about some of the books we read for the week. I love comics! Me too, buddy. Check us out on ComicNerdsUnite.com or on iTunes. Comic Comic Nerds Nerds Unite. Unite! This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.